I'd love to bring the Sicilian vibe for a mehendi with enchanting lemon laden trees, using our local bogan villa to add the contrast pop of color, um, using block print motifs of lemon and ivy on napkins and upholstery. Maybe um, doing things like curating a floral arrangement in those um, empty tin cans uh, with fruits and flowers, um, using a lot of citrusy aromatic candles and serving an Italian delay. Um, I think uh, with this whole COVID being around, when you're hosting a in, when you're hosting an intimate affair, um, I think you can actually offer a multi-sensory experience like that which can teleport your guests to your favorite destination. of Weddings podcast brought to you by Now to Val. I'm sure you know me by now, but just in case you're tuned in for the very first time, my name is Mira Majithia and I'm a wedding planner, bridal coach, author, and also the founder of Carriages, Weddings and Events. I'm really excited about this episode because it's one that's particularly close to my heart. You see, from a very young age, I've been traveling out to India at least once a year, sometimes for holidays, sometimes to visit family, and sometimes to attend weddings or coordinate them. And I just have to say, the experience of attending weddings as a guest in India or coordinating them is absolutely mind-blowing. It's such a treat for all the senses, and this is something we'll be touching upon slightly later. But in a nutshell, we're going to be looking at all the different inspirations and trends that we as wedding suppliers can take from the events that happen all over the country. These are things that can be executed regardless of the number of people or the budget or even the location. What I'm talking to my guests about are things that I know can be implemented right here for our couples in the UK. So whether you're sitting at home, on your desk, on the sofa, whether you're out for a walk or even in the car, I want you to really pay attention to this one. Rewind and listen back if you have to, because I promise you there are some seriously incredible ideas. Now, I actually spoke to a number of different suppliers for research, but what you're going to hear are conversations with two in particular. So let's start with Nirav Thaleshwar, the owner of Allegiant Events, who has worked on numerous modest to high-end events, including big celebrity bashes. He feels one of the biggest emerging trends in Indian weddings of late is residence weddings. This sentiment has actually been echoed by literally everyone I spoke to for my research. And by residence weddings, we're talking staycation weddings, where no flights or visas are required. You simply head out to a venue or hotel with both sides of the wedding party for a multi-day celebration. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? Well, it's a huge thing at the moment and certainly something to make note of. Uh, There are uh, residence weddings as well. For example, both the families are in the same city, but uh, they plan to choose uh, to come and stay at one of the hotel. And uh, they stay over there and they do their wedding. The entire function goes on the same way. And uh, we do a two-day or three-day event in which we do different kind of functions like Haldi, Mandi, Sangeet, uh, uh, wedding and the reception. And it depends like it, uh, how many day functions we want, 
there are sometimes cricket matches uh, some sports activities different kind of activities and all those things residence and destination weddings are uh, more of our forte in which we have to take care of the entire uh, lot who is going to be there in that particular property that's quite a big project do you have a lot of staff members with you on site yes we do so it depends like you know uh, we have uh, a number of people who are regularly working with us and then uh, we hire other people as well for that particular event so sometimes it's 20 people sometimes it's 40 people again it's customized like you know number of guests and number of artists which are coming in so there are a lot of planning which has been done we have got huge files which we uh, we document the entire wedding basically so if you go through the document you'll be able to understand the entire wedding what we are doing outside india the residence wedding the uh, term residence wedding is not very popular as in people wants to do their wedding uh, either at the, on the backyard or some hotel it can be changed as in they can stay together uh, do multiple functions together at some property and uh, that becomes more fun because when you are with the entire family uh, you get to know both the families uh, very well in those two three days and uh, uh, different kind of functions which we do out here not only like you know india definitely has some rituals and all those things which is why the number of functions increases but yes uh, outside of india as well there we can create something different uh, with regards to like you know some kind of entertainment brilliant and you know i'm really intrigued by some of the um activities that you mentioned that you like to plan for these weddings obviously not on the wedding day itself but prior to that so what are some of the popular activities that families might choose to have so basically uh, uh there are some activities which are based on the rituals and there are some activities which are just for entertainment so for example we do uh mehndi so mehndi henna if you know so that is for uh, the bride side and for some families it's for the groom side as well so there are a lot of families who uh the follows the ritual of henna applying henna on their hands and legs and then we have got haldi haldi is again uh, the turmeric uh, they have to apply it on the face and legs and all those things so that those are rituals however we try to make it more uh, entertaining more uh, engaging in terms of like you know getting some artists for haldi we do fuloki holi like you know uh, we uh, play holi holi if you know that you know flower petals yeah. and all yeah <laughs> so yeah so uh, we you uh, do uh, fuloki holi sometimes it's normal holi so different kind of functions which we do uh, which includes uh, haldi mehndi sangeet sangeet is like uh, becoming very big these days in india like uh, it's like as good as award functions i would say uh we are getting huge stage like you know a huge stage 80 by 100 stage which is almost 8000 square feet stage and then the backdrop and lights and so many things we are doing in sangeet we have got uh, artist performances like you know big bollywood singers a grade singers like sonu nigam uh, vishal shekhar me brothers based on like you know whatever the client wants sometimes the bride and groom are particularly looking for some particular artist so that also comes into picture So sangeets are huge in India, and uh, then there is uh, pool party. Pool party, which is not happening these days because of COVID. However, there are pool parties or party by the pool. Uh, if the families are uh, fond of cricket, uh, if if you know that you know India is fond of cricket, so there is team bride, team groom, different kind of cricket matches they play, and a lot of other functions like you know uh, just a Sufi night, uh, just as for the welcome dinner or something like that. So. functions are very based on the requirement number of days the venues which city they are in 
So if it's like in, in Rajasthan, we can do something with Rajasthani folk music and all those things. So it completely depends. Uh, but yeah, these are the kind of functions which we do before the wedding. So it's like two days, three days. Yeah. Hopefully you have a better idea of residence weddings and what they entail. Let's not forget that a multiple day wedding is also good for business as it's an opportunity for you to upsell your products and services. But also, what really struck me about this particular trend was how much fun it is. And I'm sure if you've ever stayed over at a hotel for a night with friends and family or been to a destination wedding, then you can relate to this feeling. With the current climate and people feeling nervous about travelling, a residence wedding is also a great way to bring that destination vibe to you. But just going back to this sentiment of fun, this is something I discussed with Anita Patel of Tanya Tapel. Though now based in India, she was one of the first Indian planners on the wedding circuit in the UK. And one of her biggest takeaways and messages is to ensure that fun is always at the top of the agenda. She, like so many other professionals I connected with, insisted that couples and their guests no longer want to go from one event to the next, changing their outfits in a hurry and so on. They want to enjoy the events individually and really soak up the atmosphere. After all, the day does go by in a flash. You just heard Nira talking about some of the ways to incorporate fun into your events, which I understood more to be like icebreaker games, if you will. Whether it's cricket, football, polo, or a simple pub quiz, think of ways to unite guests from both sides of the family. You can split the teams up in boys versus girls, bride side versus groom side, or even get more creative. But one thing is for sure, by the time your guests are ready to head home, they will be well acquainted and they'll have had a great time. If you really think about it, some of our best memories in life in general are those associated with fun-filled moments and experiences. So if guests and members of the family walk away feeling amazing and they associate you as a supplier as being responsible for that amazing experience, then you're going to be the person they turn to for their next event. Word of mouth is huge after all. And this is also how you drum up more business. So think of ways to get the fun flowing and how the events can be more engaging. Because if you're the person who's suggesting ideas outside the box, then the clients will buy into you. And speaking of great ideas, my next guest is Ginjal Adodra, who is the creative director at Design HQ. Not only has she worked on some incredible events, but she regularly works with some of India's best designers to assist with creative concepts. Here's what she had to say. Due to lockdown, we saw how nature took over and places that were otherwise filthy and full of pollutants were now free of toxic stuff. And we saw nature do its magic. So I think it has definitely aroused a sense of making decor sustainable and making sustainable choices while selecting decor elements. Uh, I see a lot of brides going for eco-friendly material like using green foliage in their decor, terracotta planters, recycled furniture, even upholstery made out of indigenous resources like cotton, um, using block prints for motifs and using accent pieces made out of wood, bamboo and even rattan, you know. So I definitely think that the whole trend is moving towards more muted colors. Um, a decor which can easily blend in with nature. It's interesting that Ginjal talks about sustainability and being eco-friendly. 
This is something we touched upon in a previous podcast episode, so do go back and listen if you'd like some more details. What's clear, though, is that as brides and grooms move towards this shift in their mindset, they're looking for decor and items that reflect this. For example, muted tones are becoming more popular, more so than the traditional reds, due to the fact that these other tones seem to easily blend in with the concept of nature. And colour alone is something that is worth noting. Because while we do still see many brides and grooms opting for traditional reds in the UK, this is certainly not as common in India and is yet another trend every supplier has mentioned. In India, the couples are more willing to experiment with different colour palettes and tones and more often than not will opt for something softer that reflects their overall theme. This is important to note because the wedding celebrations out there are becoming more about creating something that is truly experiential, something that activates multiple senses, which I touched upon right at the start. As Ginjil goes on to say, I think there's an interesting thought that I think would pick up. Like a lot of people had to either scrap their plan or reschedule their travel plans. So um, they could not visit their favorite destination. So I think the idea of bringing their destination to the homeland could bring out interesting ideas, you know. So um, I was really thinking, like, for instance, the Pantone color of the year is vibrant yellow and gray, right? Um, and that immediately transports me to Sicily. And so I'd love to bring the Sicilian vibe for a mehendi with enchanting lemon laden trees, using our local bougainvillea to add the contrast pop of color, um, using block print motifs of lemon and ivy on napkins and upholstery, maybe um, doing things like curating a floral arrangement in those um, empty tin cans uh, with fruits and flowers, um, using a lot of citrusy aromatic candles and serving an Italian delight. Um, I think uh, with this whole COVID being around, when you're hosting a in, when you're hosting an intimate affair, um, I think you can actually offer a multi-sensory experience like that, which can teleport your guests to your favorite destination, which otherwise wouldn't be possible, you know, with a guest list of like 500 people or 1,000 people. So um, this whole idea of having an intimate affair with a smaller number of guests in a cohesive setting can actually make it more experiential. So while Ginjal believes some of these things are easier to implement for an intimate wedding, the idea of an intimate wedding is slightly different in India. For them, a smaller number of guests is within the region of around three to 400 people, whereas in the UK, that is probably the average number of guests for a normal wedding. These sorts of events are already happening, and Nirav's description will hopefully give you a better idea of how you can go on to execute such a multi-sensory event. There's one thing which we call the Sajjan Court over here. Sajjan Court is like a sit-down lunch or sit-down dinner, wherein people uh, uh, sit down and uh, it's been served, the food has been served. In that also, we have got around with a lot of uh, different kind of cuisines, different style of cuisine. So if it's a South Indian sit-down lunch, we create the entire decor and the tables and everything with regards to the uh, theme. The menu is according to the theme. The way guests are dressed is according to the theme. So all this kind of uh, things, again, goes with the themes. 
Sajjan Kot is a Rajasthani word. So it, most of the Marwadi families in India uh, go for Sajjan Kot. Like, you know, they sit down and it's a royal feel. And they sit down and have their dinner or lunch. So yeah, uh, with regards to food, also people are coming up with uh, different cuisine. Uh, a lot of international cuisines are coming into picture with regards to the deserts and uh, other savouries as well. What we've learned is that when you engage all the senses, it gives you an opportunity to create something more personal because you're having to think about every tiny detail. As suppliers, if we also focus on trying to provide something multi-sensory, then we are definitely going to stand out when we're engaging with couples because we're already offering them something that's out of the ordinary and probably something they haven't thought about themselves. This level of detail and personalization is important and going to become even more prominent post-COVID. You'll find some more details about intimate weddings in a previous episode, but to give you an overview, couples have had to think of ways to make their wedding unique and special to them. And Ginjal goes on to further explain what some of these things might be, again, ideas that you can pass on to your own couples. I think I actually draw inspiration from my clients, from their own story, from their background and their heritage. Um, along with that, what defines the visualization is the setting in which the event is going to take place. Um, because let's say if there's a beautiful lake as a backdrop to my venue, then I'd like to create an element that is see-through and minimalistic in a manner that acts like a backdrop but doesn't take away the charm of having a lake behind you know um, so I immediately start thinking of materials that I would play with um, and then of course prepare some rough sketches take some cues from Pinterest definitely and um, details about the couple you know um, maybe use flowers that hold some significance in their lives so uh, let's say if the proposal took place in the season of fall I'd like to take that I'd like to add that to my color palette using dried flowers like hay and pampas and things like that because um, I don't believe in just creating a beautiful setting it must hold some significance it must tell a story in its own way is what I believe and I think you know it's so wonderful to use things that um, bring back some sort of nostalgia on your biggest day of your life so I think I would I would I would love to get married in my own backyard, um, use cutlery that my grandmom has gifted and, you know, using more heritage pieces that brings some nostalgia into the whole affair. Is there anything that you see happening in India that actually other people can learn from in other countries, like particularly a British uh, deco company from here? Anything that they can learn from the way like you guys actually conduct business or, you know, from the way you're working or something that you're offering their clients that perhaps they're not yet able to do so here? When I look at uh, planners and designers from Britain, I think... Uh, there's a very peculiar style of creating decor there. And I think it's more modern. Um, but I just feel that it just lacks a little character in terms of speaking about the bride and groom. Um, I think it's beautiful. But I just feel that it, it just somewhere lacks in terms of character, in terms of personalization, where um, you, know, you, can, you can actually feel that this is, created for this person you know so yeah that's one thing that I feel uh, is lacking 
I know you've just been exposed to a lot of different information, but we really do like to pack in a lot of value here in these episodes because ultimately you are here and listening because you want to either grow your business, offer something new, stay on top of the trends, or immerse yourself in what's happening in the industry in general. And I think this is a great episode that really covers all those bases. We started off by looking at residence or staycation weddings and for me, one of the biggest reasons for the growth of this trend here in the UK is going to be due to the pandemic. People want certainty and stability and they're going to get that more so within their own country than anywhere else at the moment. People are not going to want to risk travelling abroad any time in the immediate future. Then we looked at the idea of weddings being fun. Now, fun is obviously universal and something everybody wants. After the year we've had, everyone is going to want to celebrate as much as they can. Show your couples what's possible and sell your services to them. Don't forget that they will only ask for what they know and many couples may not have experience of attending lots of weddings or doing any kind of planning before. They need our guidance as suppliers and I'm sure if we showed them how much fun they could have, they would totally go for it. Again, sustainability is a universal trend, but what we're seeing in India is this being reflected in the colours and styling items that couples are choosing. If you want to be the first port of call for couples, you need to lead the way and show them you have what they want. The popularity of sustainable and eco-friendly weddings is only going to grow, let me tell you. And of course, we ended with the idea of experiential, multi-sensory events, which is something that will probably take a little while to sink in as it's going to be different for each client and each event. As numbers start to decrease, couples are more aware that the guests will be noticing more of the details on the day, and so they want to ensure that no stone is left unturned. What I learned overall from this episode and speaking to all these suppliers is that though the general culture is quite different in India compared with the UK, the sentiments actually remain the same. If you look at the emotions and the driving factors behind the decisions couples are making, they're quite similar. And that's why so many of the trends emerging there can also be relatable to couples here. Of course, the execution will be different, But as creatives, it's our job to ensure we offer our couples a unique experience every single time. This episode was brought to you by Now to Vow. We make it easy for couples to find and book suppliers for their Indian wedding. If you're in the industry, you can list your service on our platform at no cost. Head over to nowtovow.co.uk to get started. The Business of Weddings is a monthly podcast. We preview the episodes on Instagram Live on the third Friday of every month. Follow us at now underscore two underscore vow and join the discussion. Subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episodes before anyone else. And if you've enjoyed listening to it, please leave us a review so we can reach more people. See you next month.